Welcome back to Cobbler's Gulch. Deep into the Crimson Forest. Deeper even into the castle of Gretchen Hexenkopf. And all the darkness therein. Episode 26. Squeals and Half-Answered Riddles. As Gretchen Hexenkopf discusses her wicked details with the nasty goblins, the orphans, sans Hazel, are up to their chins in worry, dread, anxiety, fear, and a dozen other emotions that pair well with wicked castles. Elwood chews on his lip for a moment before asking the obvious question. Should we call for her? What, what if somebody hears? What if something hears? We'd be circling around and around these corridors forever and never be finding her. Aye, we're lost. We're lost forever. We'll never get out. Then we circle forever. It's Hazel. What if we never find her? What What if we never... Zip turns into a piglet. <coughs> a squeal and a half echoes off the corridor walls before Lump and Squish wrestle him to the castle's slimy stone floor. And another half a squeal does the same before Elwood and Copper and Gruff slap hands around his snout to muffle the sounds. The squeals make their way back to the observatory where Gretchen talks business with the goblins, but not so deep into the talk so as not to be distracted. Is that a pig? Gretchen cocks an eyebrow in the direction of Snook the Fool. Why is there a pig in my castle? Is that a riddle? Don't tell me the answer. I so love a good riddle. <laughs> it is not a riddle. But since you so love riddles, try this one. What happens to the fool who lets pigs run free in the castle of his mistress? <laughs> the fool's foxy grin turns sheepish, and he punctuates this look with a nervous titter. I think I'll be on my way so that riddle can go unanswered. (laughs) And off he goes, a look over his shoulder as he exits so as to guard against one of Gretchen's customary warning hexes. Meanwhile, the hands of the orphans on Zip's pig snout calm him just so, and it's not but two or three shakes of his big tail before he turns into himself. Uh, Oh, (laughs) thank you, fellas. Thank you very much, really. After a breath each for the group of boys to regroup, Elwood notices something. Or rather, he doesn't notice something that he should. Where's Oz? They all look at each other. Then down one side of the corridor, then the other. Ah, where'd he get to? Ah, that dizzy drifter. Oh, as dizzy as the wobbly western trade winds. Now we have to find Hazel and Oz. Well, we may as well go ahead and be hollering the names. Why? Well, if a piggy squeal don't be drawing higher, hollering the names of a couple of stray orphans ain't got a neither. Huh. Maybe the witch is hard of hearing. Come on now, Lump. Nobody's ever heard of a waxy-eared witch. Just because you haven't heard of one doesn't mean it can't be so. It very well could be so. Do we really want to be risking our necks in a witch's castle for something that could be so? Another squeal echoes through the corridor this time coming to them instead of from them. And it isn't the squeal of a pig. It's a squeal not unlike a rodent, but deeper 
somewhere between a squeal and a croak, which makes sense when the cloud of tuxedo-wearing bat-winged toads swarm the corridor. Flapping haphazardly, eventually falling to the castle floor and surrounding the orphans. Silence hangs in the corridor for a moment until they hear cackling. (laughs) Nobody risks his neck in this castle. We don't collect orphan necks. We might take your heads or your toes or maybe your tongues if you talk too much. But you'll keep your necks. Though I don't know what good a neck would do you without a head. Now that might make a good riddle. (laughs) Lump and Squish grip their axes. Copper and Gruff do the same with their cutlasses. Elwood raises his hands as if to emulate a powerful soothsaying hunchback. And Zip merely turns into a wonky lazy Susan. But their stand against Snook and his toad army doesn't last long since they're disarmed with a few quick flicks of toad tongues and then wrapped up and bound in tongues just as quickly. It's a horrible situation to be in, and the toad tongues, which are, not surprisingly, slimy, make the horribleness even more horrible. That wasn't much of a show, was it? (laughs) Well then, I hope you boys like dungeons. As far as dungeons go, ours is first rate. You're not likely to find a darker or more dank, bleaker, or more bitter vault in all of the Whisperlands. <laughs> that sounds like the orphanage it does. Oh, yay! I do so love it when we can make our eternal prisoners feel miserably at home. <laughs> With that, Snook the Fool and the army of tuxedo-wearing, bat-winged toads drag the orphans up. Yes, up into the dungeon. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch. The Fool's Pockets. In the meantime, something to think about. The orphans yielded to worry, dread, anxiety, fear, and a dozen other awful emotions before being captured and led to a dungeon. This was no coincidence. It's easy to believe that scary situations lead to scary feelings, and sometimes that's even true. But many times, perhaps even most times, the fear comes first. And if you don't recognize as much and let it pass, if you sit and stew in the fear and allow it to consume you, you don't need a fool in an army of tuxedo-wearing bat-winged toads to escort you to a dungeon. No. You'll have created a dungeon of your own making. And that's the darkest, dankest, bleakest, and most bitter dungeons there's ever been or will be.